Welcome to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors, presented by FMG Suite. Listen to interviews with the movers, shakers, geniuses, and innovators of the financial advisory world. Visit FMGSuite.com to discover more great resources and products to transform you into an extraordinary marketer and grow your advisory. And now, without further delay, the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. Hello, everyone. My name is Solange Jacobs-Randolph, and I'm the VP of Marketing here at FMG Suite. I'm stepping in today to host an episode of the Market in Motion podcast. I'm joined by my guest, Dana L. Wilson, who is the founder of Chip Professionals, an online database to help investors connect with advisors of color. Dana and I dig into how she first realized how little visibility financial advisors of color had within the financial services industry and how hard it is as a consumer, if you were looking for someone who represented your same cultural background, how hard it would be to actually find a financial advisor who looked like you. We also get into the need in general for more conversations around financial literacy for communities of color. And I get her to answer the question why anyone would even seek an advisor of the same cultural or ethnic background. Dana goes on and tells us about setting up the right expectations for your relationship with your clients. And if you enjoy this podcast, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Now on to the show. Good afternoon. I'm Solange Jacobs Randolph, and I'm the VP of Marketing with FMG Suite. And today I'm very pleased to be hosting an episode of the Market in Motion podcast. And I'm thrilled to be joined by Dana L. Wilson. Dana has a ton of experience in the wealth management space with companies from Merrill Lynch to State Farm to SunTrust Bank. And more recently, Dana went out on her own and launched a really interesting initiative called the Chip Professionals that we're going to talk about a little bit today. But first of all, Dana, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. No, thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure uh, to be here. Soon we'll be able to be in person, but... <laughs> I now, hope so. I certainly hope are. so. <laughs> yeah, um, So I'm here in California, and like we, like we just said before I started, I have my daughter at home who might interrupt us during this conversation um, because, you know, authenticity is something we value. So, you know, I've tried to ask her to give me this time to chat with you, but, you know, I just want all of our listeners to know that we are all doing the best we can in our circumstances. Tell for the audience at home, Dana, where are you located and what's your pandemic situation like? Do you guys under straight lockdown orders? What's going on where you are? Yeah, it's been uh, pretty crazy where I am. Um, like you said, prior to the Arctic blast um, that we keep coming, keep having that seems to come about every five to 10 minutes up here. I'm in the northern uh, New Jersey area, so New York metropolitan area. Uh, and we have been just getting hit after hit with snow. So, I mean, it's almost like the world is making up for the past couple winters that have been pretty friendly to us. So it just kind of, you know, continues through the pandemic situation of not really, you know, being able to go anywhere in the first place, but really not <laughs> being able to go too many places uh, because of the snow. But, you know, I'm locked in here with my uh, almost two-year-old Frenchie, who sometimes is a little moody. So, you know, he has his own pandemic situ- situation going on, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to avoid telling my daughter that you have a Frenchie, else she will definitely interrupt the conversation. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, he's, he's great. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm here in San Diego where we have beautiful weather. Can't complain about that. Um, but we are all we've been working from home for the last year with no plans to 
change that situation anytime soon. But anyway, it's lovely to be able to talk to you from the comfort and safety of my home, despite any, uh, shall we call them, authentic interaction. So let's get into this conversation. I've been really looking forward to getting to know you a little bit. Why don't you start by telling me, telling the audience a little bit about your background and how you came to wealth management? Yeah, sure. Uh, I will say a bit by accident how I came uh, to wealth management. So I graduated uh, from college with a degree in marketing. And of course, that's how you get into wealth management, right? You you <laughs> go into one degree and then you go into a completely uh, different, somewhat different industry. Uh, but yeah, t- literally two weeks after I finished college, uh, my career counselor well, prior to my career counselor told me to stop by the SunTrust booth. Uh, I was I went to school in North Carolina, so I was in friendlier weather at the time. Uh, and I was just like, well, why, you know, why should I do that? You know, I want to do marketing, sales, advertising was kind of the big push um, in the early 2000s. And that's where I thought I would kind of hang my hat, but ended up getting a job in banking. And I said, well, I'll take this until and then, you know, 15 years later, <laughs> until still stands. Uh, till this day, but in a, in a good way. I uh, just really enjoyed everything there was to really learn uh, within the bank branch and banking system around money and understanding what, what it meant to have money, to build money, to really understand what this term wealth meant, uh, because it wasn't something that you just are always talking about in the home. It's like you kind of focus maybe on money as the term or budgeting, uh, you know, checking savings, balancing, um, checkbooks when those were a thing. And yes, they used to, <laughs> they used to be a thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like people have kind of forgotten about all of those, about those kind of uh, stuff. But yeah, and then uh, I had a situation where there was a woman who came into the bank branch that I was working at at the time, and she was very flustered. She had her two kids with me, with her. She told us that, um, her husband was overseas and she didn't know what was going on with her account. She had just been shopping um, at some store and there was just, just in a bit of disarray. So I took her to my office. We kind of talked things out, got everything figured out. Uh, but when she left my office, it was just just this panic that kind of came over me of, number one, you know, seeing here is this woman who, you know, seemed a little bit dependent as far as her financials were concerned with her husband being um, overseas and out of the country and kind of something small turning into something really, really large that she couldn't get in touch with him with to fix. And it just really bothered me. And, you know, here I am early 20 something, just kind of figuring out this career and all the things around money and what this really means. And to see uh, a woman so taken back by this just bothered me. And, you know, I made a promise to myself, most importantly, that I would, you know, hopefully not find myself in that same situation, although it happens, but really just wanting to help people um, be a little bit more financially independent and understanding that kind of can start with them and just making sure that no one really felt the way I felt um, after working with her and just kind of hoping that there can be some sort of change uh, within the industry. That's great. Um, has that has that woman's story resonated with you throughout your career? And have you had other clients just like her? Have you focused at all on women clients or others? Yeah, it did to start out with. Um, and then that's kind of where I started focusing a lot of my practice earlier on when I was um, working with clients and an advisor 
uh, capacity, really just making sure that there was this there was this big push, uh, push within working with women and especially women leaders, um, entrepreneurs, executives, and making sure that they had the opportunities to feel financially independent, educated, um, because we were going into a space where we were becoming more of the the breadwinners uh, and we were taking home more of the paycheck. And honestly, we still kind of continue uh, to somewhat do that in this space, in this age. So for me, it was really important to make sure that women just felt uh, empowered to continue to pursue their careers and also be in charge at home when it came to financial matters and not feeling like we're always looking to or figuring out um, things in emergency situations, which used to tend to be the case. But as I moved through my career, it became less um, less focused around somewhat of the client, but also my own personal journey of what I saw within the industry that kind of just got me to the point now of starting Chip, which was really realizing the need for there to be more representation of color within the industry um, and how that lack of um, lack of diversity was starting to really impact my career. And then just kind of people that I came into contact with who also shared my same story. Okay. Uh, let's get into that. Tell me with Chip, what is the problem you are trying to solve? Yeah, the problem that we're really looking to solve is the lack of visibility and access when it comes to financial professionals of color, specifically Black and Latinx financial professionals, because that seems to be where the lowest um, rates are just being in the industry. We're not really reflected uh, when it comes to advisory seats, advisor positions, especially on the side of the business. You'll see more uh, black and brown individuals on more of the corporate side, uh, which is still kind of working to grow as well in executive leadership. But when it comes to advisory at larger firms um, and even as independents, there's still not a lot of us there. I mean, the percentages are extremely, extre- extremely low on either side, whether you're at a large firm or you're in the independent space. And it's just something that was really uh, heavy on me to see how we can fix this problem, again, of visibility and ease of access for financial professionals, and then also to bring consumers um, into the fold as well, having more conversations around money and financial independence and feeling seen. Uh, Because even as consumers of color, you know, there's still all of these stigmas and stereotypes that kind of surround us in that format as well. So really to be able to bridge the gap between, you know, consumers of any background, but with, you know, a focus on bringing more consumers of color to the table and conversation around wealth building, and then also doing the same uh, thing for financial professionals of color to ensure that there is this common ground and conversations that happening on both sides of the table. Um, there's a lot to unpack here. I'm a woman. Of oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I want to take this one piece at a time. So let's talk about, um, you mentioned, you know, representation within the ranks among advisors. <clears throat> um, some people would say there's a pipeline problem. Is that what's happening mm-hmm. here in this industry? Are there... Are they, is there a dearth of black and brown advisors out there? Are we just not able to find them? Like what's what's really going on? Yeah, I I really don't agree. I mean, I know the percentages are low, but I don't really agree that there is a there's a pipeline problem. I mean, we definitely exist. It's just a matter of making it easier to find us uh, because we are out here. We do exist. We're not, you know, unicorns um, in that sense, but we definitely want to encourage more black and brown individuals to get into the industry. And obviously that 
starts with people seeing themselves there. So it's kind of, uh, I mean, a little bit of, of both, but there are existing professionals. So when, you know, people do make that statement about their, you know, not being anyone to hire, I mean, I, I completely disagree with that. There's definitely plenty of professionals of color out there, Black, the Latinx, who are doing well or successful. We just need the visibility and the ease of access to that to let people know that we are there and that you know we're we're just as capable of you know pursuing our businesses and being successful. Yeah. So then let's look at the flip side of that coin for consumers um, who you said don't don't see themselves represented among the ranks of advisors necessarily. Where would you go today, color aside, if I were to look for an advisor, tell me what's that process like? I'm sure you've been on the side of the table too. What do you do? Do you start on Google? Do you start by asking a friend? Is there a, what do you yeah, do? Yeah, I mean, I think I think most people are, for, for those types of conversations, they'll typically refer to a friend. Um, you know, I think some people do go on Google and maybe search for financial advisors. Um, and if you're specifically looking for people of color, sometimes it can be hard to find. But normally, if people are just kind of going, it's it's more so, hey, who do you work with? Um, who have you worked with? And kind of just talking to your friends or maybe colleagues that they know who can kind of give them that referral. So that's probably the simplest place to start. And that, of course, for communities of color would mean that you probably have a smaller pool of, of, of options to choose from, right? This is not, we're not exactly known for having a lot of wealth within our communities, may not have parents or grandparents or other people um, who often refer to professional advisors as much as may be the case in other communities for example. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think that's, you know, part of the the issue is, you know, the lack of repre- representation and, and access and knowing where to go just to find credible uh, financial professionals who you feel like you can trust and then also who you feel like isn't going to judge you to some degree. Um, right. And it seems like, you know, we kind of are still in a space where we're stereotyped and, you know, we're, we're judged based off appearance and look and you walk into a bank and it's more of, of you kind of coming in to cash a check versus you are probably looked at as a wealth management client. And you could really, you know, you could just as well have um, a lot of money in your bank account, but sometimes there's still those stereotypes that that exist, unfortunately, uh, or you just feel like, hey, I have to have all this education or, or be in this particular space before I even sit down and talk to someone. Um, and that's simply not the case either. You know, there's a lot of professionals that will meet you where you are that just want to help you get to that next level so that you are successful. And unfortunately, I think there are also some issues in um, lack of education and really understanding the role of a financial professional in that aspect where people feel like, mm-hmm. hey, I have to have accumulated wealth before we even sit down and have the conversation. It's kind of like sitting down with a lawyer and walking out and thinking you're going to get like a $5,000 bill, <laughs> you know, for just asking a question. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, we really want to hone in that there is someone for everyone. Okay. Well, you know, for some people who might not have the same perspective that you and I share, perhaps, can you explain what are some reasons someone would want to work with an advisor who is also a person of color or from the same racial background? Like, why is that even a thing that you should want? Should you not just want the best advisor who can help you sort out your financial future? 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's really a, a great question and something to, to speak to, because I think a lot of people yeah get hung up on the race part of it or why would you want to, you know, help black and brown advisors and, and this is a race thing and this is um, kind of going down that that path of <laughs> all the things that, you know, the reasons why that's not um, part of the conversation, but it's really about uh, the representation and finding someone who might be a little bit more empathetic to your situation. You know, if you're first generation and there's a lot of things that sometimes come with that, you know, having to take care of, you know, your family back home or in other, you know, countries. And sometimes some people just don't understand that and they still want to guide you down the path that everyone else is walking, not really being empathetic to the fact that, hey, I can't do those certain things or this is just kind of a part of how I live and who I am. So really having someone who understands that. And even when we're looking just from a culture perspective, there's so many different culture aspects to being, you know, a Black American or an African American and a Caribbean American and, you know, what that really means and having, being able to have a conversation with someone who might be from your hometown or, or, or country and being able to share in different dialects or just stories that, you know, someone on the other side of the table may not get or understand. You know, money in itself is not the easiest conversation to have, but when you can immediately start to break down walls, sometimes it becomes more of a comfort, you know, and it may not be the case in every situation. Yeah, you obviously want to work with someone who you just get along with no matter what their um, racial ethnicity is. And that's really not the point. The point is to ensure that people just feel comfortable being a part of the conversation, being seen uh, and, and feeling like they matter uh, is, is really at its essence. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so now you have developed CHIP, which purports to be a database to help investors find advisors of color. Um, but first, tell me, how do you find the advisors of color to be a part of this network? Yeah, a lot of it was some people that I, I knew within the industry um, and some I didn't. You know, I, I reached out and talked to a lot of different professionals and started getting um, pointed in different directions from people that I that I spoke with. Uh, so, you know, we're vetting these individuals. So it's not just everyone is is coming to, to CHIP. Uh, we make sure that we're looking at their backgrounds, making sure that everything is, is compliant. They have, you know, viable practices and they're obviously, you know, working and utilizing all of their licenses um, in appropriate manner. So all of those things are important to us, but it's really looking for those people uh, who we find fit within our mission as well and understanding that they want to help out consumers. Uh, so it was a lot of talking, still a lot of talking to people. A lot of it now has been really word of mouth as far as finance professionals hearing about what we're doing and really wanting to be a part of uh, the network uh, that we're building and how we'll continue to grow uh, and really relate change back into this um back into the world and hopefully continuing to close the, the racial wealth gap at the same time. Um, and how many people have you attracted to the chip network to date? Yeah, so far we have almost about 200 professionals on the platform and growing. So Amazing. Really excited about that so far. 
and, and are they scattered all over the country? How is what Yeah, they're work? scattered uh, across the country. So we, you know, have a lot of professionals up and down the East Coast. We have quite a few um, on the West Coast, so around your area. And then we're getting some nice, uh, very, really nice sprinkles throughout the Midwest. So really starting to attract a dynamic group of professionals, especially in a lot of rural communities uh, where you're not sure who's in your back right, backyard. And it's really important for people to know that, hey, this person, in, you know, it might be very local to me. They might be, you know, in your same town or at least in your same state where hopefully at some point, you know, we're able to get back in person with working with people. But it's just good to know that, you know, there's someone around the corner from you who's willing to help you. And sometimes we just don't know who's around. So we don't know who to ask. So it makes and a world you- of difference. And it, how do, how does an investor typically search within CHIP? Are you looking for people with specialties? Yeah, you can look to find someone um, with a particular specialty. So if you're so there's the people that are on our platform are the professionals. They're either financial advisors in the traditional sense, uh, wealth managers, uh, certified financial planners, insurance professionals, tax professionals, accountants. Um, financial coaches from a specific uh, accredited program. So there literally is someone for everyone. And I think that really needs to, is our underlying premise in making sure that no matter where you are in your financial journey, there's definitely someone to help you along that way. So if you are, you know, just starting out or you've kind of got a footing and maybe you need a second opinion or you're, you know, in that high net worth space, you know, you, there is someone who can kind of help guide you at every single level and every single step. Because even if you're in the ultra high net worth space or high net worth space, typically there's not a lot of uh, black and brown individuals as professionals up in that, that space, Mm -hmm. um, in that corporate environment. So if you are looking to work with someone, you can definitely find someone on our, on our platform. Good. This is good to know. I'm really interested in breaking down barriers to access. Um, and I think that's something to ask too, not only at the high end, but at the low end, right? Are there mm-hmm. certain minimums that advisors expect you to have available to invest with them before they'd even consider working with you? Well, that's, yeah. And that's a, that's the thing too, is that a lot of people feel like, oh, hey, they have to have something in, in the bank from an investment standpoint. And we do ask our professionals because yes, there are, there are professionals on our platform who do have certain minimums, but a lot of them, they don't. So there's really no minimum to get started. We really just want to encourage people just to start having the conversation and to move forward with what they can do at that point. And even with, you know, certain retirement plans, there aren't always these steep minimums to get in. I mean, you can really start, you know, saving with, you know, less than a hundred dollars a month. The goal is just to get you to do something, right? Something is better than nothing. And a lot of people can sit down and really guide you to put together a plan for you that makes sense. Or even if you're not ready to do the actual investing, but you just need someone to help walk you through and put a plan together for you, you know, that's a great place to start as well, because that will set the tone for how you move forward when you're ready to start uh, investing. And what is a, what would you say are next steps after you connect with somebody on chip? Let's say you're connecting with a few people who look like they, you know, are in your neighborhood and maybe have the kind of experience with the kinds of products that you're most interested in for someone who is new to this. What do you, what would you tell them are the next steps to ascertaining whether that person is the right advisor for you to work with? Like, how do you interview an advisor? 
Yeah, I think, you know, it's always comes down to your gut, right? With, with any, you know, relationship that you're building, especially um, one that has to do with something that's so precious to you as your money and your future and your family's legacy. But it's just asking uh, those questions of how they work, what types of fees do they charge, and really being clear on that. I think that just from an overall perspective, no matter who or what the advisor looks like, you know, they should be able to be as open with you about their practice as possible. There shouldn't be anything, especially, you know, when you're looking under the hood as far as fees that they shouldn't be able to respond to an answer. Uh, from a market perspective, no, you know, an advisor is not going to know everything about the inner workings of the market and when things are going to, and how things, when and how things are going to fluctuate. But I think, you know, the best advisors are able to say, hey, I'm not sure, or I don't know that right now, and I can get back to you as opposed to having a response to every single question uh, that you have, because, you know, people don't know everything. And sometimes those small things um, can be red flags. But next steps is we help people set up that first interview. So, you know, go on a couple different interviews. It's, you know, almost kind of like that um, relationship stage where you're really getting to know someone and really just understanding, hey, is this someone that I want to continue talking with, right? Do you, are they really listening to me? Um, you know, find that person who when you're sharing your story or you're talking to them, they can actually repeat it back to you, maybe not <laughs> in the, the same format, but they are listening through the investments that they're providing for you or the products that they're looking at alongside you. So it's not about this big, you know, product dump of here, this is what I think makes sense, but this is how I help you. Um, and I think that's probably the best way to start. And when you're in this relationship with an advisor, what, what's what's reasonable to expect, right? Should I expect my advisor to be reaching out to me every time something crazy happens in the market? Is it more of a, we check in once a quarter and talk big money things? Like what's a reasonable expectation for a consumer? Yeah, I mean, I think that expectation is definitely set up front with your professional. There's some that do monthly check-ins or some that do quarterly check-ins. Um, and also with the consumer, because some consumers might be busy and don't have the time to sit down and talk, but maybe, you know, twice a year or maybe quarterly. And that's also dependent upon the type of uh, investment account or accounts that you have set up with them. Some might require more of your meeting. So if you're doing some sort of, you know, money focused plan or, or program, maybe that does require you to be um you know, focused on it and require you to show up maybe monthly. And that might be something that's going to help you get to your goals is meeting that person more often. So that's something that you just kind of work out with your professional as far as how many times you want them to meet, you know, how hands-on or how hands-off you want them to be. But those are also a part of, you know, your interview conversations about, hey, how many times do you think we need to meet up? Or how many times do you want to meet with them and, you know, how they can make themselves available to you to set those realistic goals and expectations? Mm -hmm. It sounds like it really is up to just the individual advisor and the individual client to kind of set the tone for their relationship based on what I'm hearing from you, right? Yeah, yeah. At that point, it's really, you know, how you want that relationship to work best for you because everyone's relationship is going to look different. There's going to be people who only talk to their advisor once a year. Some talk to them twice 
a month, some quarterly, and again, some monthly. So it really is dependent upon what you feel like you, you need. And, you know, it's like, don't compare your financial journey to your friends or your family or people say they're, they're doing this, you know, focus on your own journey because you never know what under the hood, you know, their financial situation is. So it's important to understand what your journey is, why you're on it and why you've worked out the relationship that you have with the professional that you're working with, because what's going to work for you is what's going to work for you. And, you know, kind of the same deal with another person. Okay. So um, I'm also thinking about CHIP as a bit of a marketing network for advisors looking to grow their client base. Do advisors see it like that? And how else are these advisors getting the word out about their services usually? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's where we're really hoping um, to take this as we continue to grow. I mean, it's really important and it's great to support each other and, and, you know, send each other high fives and kudos when we're all doing well. But it's also really important to be able to, you know, cut checks with each other and help build each other's businesses and watch people grow financially. Uh, And I think that just kind of speaks to the overall arching theme of really seeing growth and, and wealth transfer, not just from a consumer standpoint, but with professionals as well. Uh, That's how we grow and sustain and don't end up leaving uh, the industry. Uh, right now, I mean, there's a, you know a couple different organizations and, and platforms that advisors can also uh, be a part of. Um, and I think just, you know, now people are trying to get, you know, more onto social media uh, with different things. So you'll see a lot of stuff on LinkedIn from professionals kind of fun, you know, being able to create that space to bring in more consumers to know about who they are, which is, you know, really wonderful uh, to start seeing them kind of be able to step out, especially when you're on the independent side and you have a little bit more leeway to kind of talk about your business and all the things that you're able to do. But it might be harder to some degree um, for advisors at larger institutions to always step out and and do that in their full form. But it's also great to see companies really start to become champions of their uh, advisors and and support and encourage them. Okay, excellent. Well, I'm interested in talking about issues that impact people of color and that support advisors of color all year round, not only during Black History Month, um, oh, but if yes. there is something that you were to leave us with, Dana, like what is it, what else should we know about this particular segment of advisors that you serve and also the investors that you hope to attract? Like what do you want um, the industry at large to know about this cohort? Uh, I think just knowing um, that, you know, as, as cliche as we all keep saying that visibility and representation are extremely important um, to provide that guidance for the next generation. Um, I think that chip is just so much bigger than myself. Um, and what we're really looking to bring to the table is just, you know, change so that my story and the story of other professionals in the industry and the stories of consumers not necessarily feeling included in certain conversations, those stories need to die. Um, They shouldn't be stories that continue into the next, you know, five, 10, 15 years from now. I don't want this (laughs) to be the same story that someone else is reflecting on about their journey uh, in the industry and how they felt like they were the only one or as a consumer, they felt that they weren't looked at um, as a wealth generation, as a generational wealth creator. Uh, We want those narratives to really just 
you know, go away to um, as much as possible so that next generation can come in and say that, hey, we are the wealth creators and I'm not the only one either in this industry or just as a consumer um, in really being able to set the tone and set the legacy for, you know, anyone else looking to be on this side of the industry. It's extremely important to be able to do that uh, through our work with different companies and through all organizations just to really be supportive and understand that this is the only way to really see things change on both sides of the sector. Absolutely. I know that the, there are many components to the racial wealth gap in America, and there's certainly many critical things that entities across the spectrum need to do to help, uh, reduce that gap. Um, but I thank you for the part that you Absolutely. and the organization CHIP plays in helping to reduce that gap a little bit. Tell our audience where they can learn more. If you're an advisor looking to become a part of this platform, or if you're an investor seeking to work with an advisor of color, where do you go? How do you connect with them yourself or with CHIP? Yeah, sure. So you can go directly to our website at chipprofessionals.com. Uh, as consumers, you can click a button. It just says start here for free uh, to fill out our questionnaire and uh, get paired with your best fit um, financial professional. And for the financial professionals, they can also go to chipprofessionals.com and fill out our application to become a chip professional. We really want to continue to see our platform grow. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at chipprofessionals, follow us on Twitter at chip underscore pros. Uh, and look forward to, you know, helping us continue to, to change the future of uh, financial services. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dana. I'm really yeah, thank you for having me, Salon. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, thank you again to our guests for today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning into another episode of the Market in Motion podcast. Enjoy your week and we'll see you again in another couple of weeks with a new episode. Thank you for listening to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. If you found this episode informative, please share with your peers and colleagues. Visit fmgsuite.com to discover more great resources and products to transform you into an extraordinary marketer and grow your advisory. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox.